I guess it's time to start this. Do we, honestly, do we have to do it today? It's so hot and miserable. Marty, you have to do it because you just wasted our time now. Shh, don't, no, we're talking. We're, oh. we're, we're literally. Okay. John, I still love you. I don't have Marty. any structure or control today. <laughs> what in the world? I have decided, though, today and today's podcast, welcome, by the way, I am going to say and do whatever comes to my mind. This could be dangerous, people. More than likely it will be. You should prepare yourselves with, you know, get, get your phone out, turn the camera app on, get ready to video what Marty's about to say. Yeah. I, we usually talk about the weekend, and in, the, in my schedule, I had us talking about the weekend, but we're filming this a little later today. Filming slash taping, whatever. We are. And, um, but I, ha- I feel like I haven't seen you in so long. Like yeah, I, It's been a little while. And we didn't even really, like, hug. We did not, you know, you just mentioned how hot it is out. Why would we do that? Because we're friends. We are friends. You're right. We probably should have hugged. I also had somebody tell me this week. See, this is, you asked me why I think of you as like the pastor version of Buddy the Elf. And this is why. Right, right here. This is why. <laughs> that was a different podcast. <laughs> we're not talking about that right now. I'm trying to lose the Buddy the Elf reputation. Shut up, Ryan! Show do this for me! Okay, that's... I told you, whatever I'm thinking. There you go. So, I had somebody tell me this week that you and I could talk about the phone book and it would be interesting. Because that's like our, a really good compliment. Yeah, I right? I feel really good about myself right now. Yeah, I mean, I hope that means that they'll listen and share it. Hey, Apple Computer Core. Yeah, we could totally do that. And... Alt. The church historian. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about uh, the history of Chaffin Church, part two. I know you said that maybe we'll just do two or three weeks, but I just enjoy this so much. I hope that people don't find this as boring as you do. But I, well, I find it interesting. I know you do too. Ah, so much. But I just, I don't want to be that guy who just keeps talking about something that. Maybe people are interested in. I don't know. I hope if you're listening or watching, you find this interesting. That's what I'll say. Yeah, and if you're not, then you need to be. Get, get on and, and check out and subscribe. And literally, I'm talking to somebody who's not listening right now, so I should just switch over. So here's what's happening today. We have the family reunion, talking about the history of Chaffin Church Part 2. We have an Ask a Pastor, which is quite spontaneous. But we may flip that on its head and do the Ask a Pastor first. Would you like to tell our dear viewers and listeners why? Because today, as, right after you got here, we had some visitors. And spontaneously, they have decided to join our show. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you Sir Josh and Pastor John. Pastor John Barber from First Congo. Speaking of history. Josh Bashan from First Congo. Hey guys. Hey, how's it hey, going, you know Marty? I'm you giving right? you a hug, Marty, because it can. Yes. Oh, we, are, we are what hugging. We are all hugging. We're all hugging. That was so fun. The that could have been over. the most interesting part. I did the most interesting. Do you have any hand sanitizer? I did. <laughs> and here's the other thing: we could have all each just gave us each other COVID. We'll all go down together. That's we'll right. We'll go down. We're up together. We're up together. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Actually, and you, we should have done this tomorrow 
because tomorrow is when Governor Baker said it's all over. And yet we did it today. We are breaking the law. It's actually Saturday. It's over. Really? Yeah. What's today? The 27th? Yeah. We're here to help, Marty. We're here well, to thank help. You. thank you. You guys are more educated <laughs> there in the other side of home. We are first for a reason. You are oh, oh, oh and it's good. over. Yeah. That was good. We Jeez. are chafing. Chaffing. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I was going to say whatever. It's okay. Take two. We still love you. We're thrilled to be here, Marty. Happy to be a part of the podcast. It's yeah. great to see you, Ryan. I haven't yeah. seen you in forever. It's been, it's been several years. Yeah. Great to meet you. Yeah, Ryan. you too. Today. Has it been several years since you guys have seen each other? Yeah. It's been since 2015. I mean, occasionally I Ryan will express his opinion on Facebook, and my wife will say, Do you see what Ryan posted? But uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, I haven't seen him face to face. Well, now he's time. not on any social media. I'm not. Thank God. I, I, no, <laughs> I am no longer, no longer on social media. It feels pretty good. I'm not going to. She know my wife usually agreed with you, but you know. Just, <laughs> it's Excellent. true. She agreed with you. She thinks I'm a rock star. She has to live with me because we're married. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kathy, you've been mentioned several times. Thank you for you being his wife and for being so awesome. Okay. Amen. So, ask a pastor. We're going to get right into this and ask <clears throat> Pastor John Barber, friend of mine for the last, what, 20 years or so? Yeah, or so. I first met Marty when uh, his old church had flooded and he needed to borrow chairs, and I thought he was yeah. a janitor, and I didn't realize he was a pastor for until years later, so yeah. <laughs> that's I, when I first met him. He said, does First Congo have church chairs we can borrow because our sewage backed up and we need new chairs, so yeah, for Easter Sunday. Wow. You're years not entirely ago. wrong about the janitor part. I, yeah. I was actually like <laughs> that, a janitor that as well. That is the hat that you got to wear sometimes, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, people, we've gone through the COVID thing. And we've lived this out. We are coming on the other side of it. Pastor John Barber, here's the question. All right, I'm ready. Why should I come back to church? And by I, I mean the question asker. I'm clearly coming back to church. Why and should I come back to church? When you say come back to church, what do you mean? Well, for COVID. Is watching this podcast coming back to church? Didn't mean to That's a quick. great question. That is another. <laughs> you just, you just flipped that. Sorry, question didn't mean to do that. Ask a pastor. You mean come back to the building? What do you think, Ryan? I think, I think, watching this podcast can be coming back to church. However, when I talk about coming back to church, I mean specifically connecting with the body of Christ. Now, I don't think watching something is connecting necessarily. I think it would have to be interactive, like maybe watching. And then reaching out and saying, hey, I saw the podcast. Here's what I agreed or disagreed about it. I mean, in some way, how do I, uh, should I come back to church? Meaning interacting with the body of Christ and being an active part. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of that question depends on your church, right? What is your church's strategy? And, and, and you know, do they have online services, right? Like, what you know. So. Well, it also depends on you and what kind of person you are. I mean, honestly... <laughs> I mean, it is a multifaceted question. I mean, being a part of the church is being a part of the community, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm honestly so grateful for what COVID did for us, like all this tech here and pushing us into the digital space. Because in even before COVID, when we could get together freely, we're all so busy and scattered. So this is a great medium to bring us together um, yeah. and, and connect. So, I mean, this is great. I think it's kind of a both-and thing. 
But there is something just really special about being together like this, you know. Mm. One of the things I've, I've, I've always called this is body odor time. Like, Marty definitely needs to use some deodorant, but you would not know that on the podcast. I'm kidding, but, uh, but you wouldn't know that because um, just being together like this. There is something just really special about being together, and I think most of us feel it, you know. Um, so I wouldn't want to see us, like, do away with all the technology stuff because some of us are so busy. This is all we can do, and we can do more of this because we can squeeze it into our life. You can take care of kids and do chores while you listen to a podcast, but... I do think it's just so good to be together and being there's something different about being face to face and so great we can take the masks off too yeah yeah I think it's important I the gathered body of Christ interesting I, I've thought a lot about this too that there's something I see I've said a lot the Holy Spirit can definitely I, I pray this a lot the Spirit can bring us together even when you're like miles away and connected by a zoom or something mm-hmm. um, but there is something powerful about just being you know spirit lives in you lives in you lives in you lives in me that really brings us together when we're together because we are the temple and when we're all together. It's just something really powerful about that. Hmm. I don't know. I, I completely agree. Like, I think it's... I actually thought in, when COVID started, well, here we go. It, this looks like a major transformation. But what it has kind of been is people realizing that that major transformation is not necessarily for them. I mean, even the movies, right? Apparently, and I just read an article on this recently, is that movie theaters are celebrating because what they found is people just are not going to check out uh, their movies the way that they did going to the movies, like on streaming. People just aren't going to do it. There's, whether or not it's because there's too much choice or whatever. Um, so movies are going back into the theaters when at first, the first six months, we thought, well, bye-bye movie theaters. And I'm sure there'll be some sort of readjustment, but um, apparently we're at this place where people realize how important being somewhere in person is, in my opinion. I think, yeah, you're just seeing all over, there's something really special about being together. Families want to get together, friends want to get together and have barbecues and hang out and church people want to be together. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I, I I, I do want to sort of push back on it just a little bit, though. I think part of what Whoa, we're seeing... Well, we're going to the next section. <laughs> That's just because you just brought all this tech, but justify it right Yes, now. yes. So part, part of what I think we're seeing right now is sort of like this correction, right? Okay. You've had a year and a half of people just like, you know, desperate to, to hang out with other people. And now that it's Interesting. increasingly becoming possible... You, you can you can do it like I myself was in New York City this weekend you know and like every restaurant in New York City I mean as many open-air restaurants as there have been in New York City in past years there are many more now you know and like wow it's just like every restaurant has some sort of you know wall maybe it's a retractable wall or one of those ones that flip up with the pole you know like and uh, people are eating out on sidewalks but it's it's um, I, I really feel like people just want to get out there um, way more than they even you know normally normally would. Um, people are very antsy to hang out. And now, when when that comes to the church context, I I don't I don't disagree with anything that you you guys have said really. Um, I I do think though like you you've seen a lot of these larger online church ministries grow like exponentially, and they're not showing any signs of like tapering off. Uh, even though people are sort of going back to church. So 
what you're sort of starting to see is <clears throat> people who tend to value, you know, production value in their church services, like, oh, I need, I need, I need like a really, really good worship band or whatever, right? They're starting to, may, maybe some of them are starting to go more towards this online, these bigger online, you know, uh, worship services. And then uh, the people who maybe don't value that as much, who value the community more, are sort of sticking to these, these smaller local uh, church bodies. Yeah, for know? those of you who value hometown hokey, you can come to First Congregational. <laughs> <laughs> you called yourself hometown hokey. <laughs> I don't think you're that. Not, not high production. Just uh, <laughs> there just you kidding. go. Can Do we you, call? There's a there's a there's a balance though, right? Between right. what we don't want to be is a lot of people don't. I don't like slick. Like I remember, we went one time to a worship service with with um, some people from our church, and I said, "Wow, that was something." And they said, "Yeah, that was pretty tight and pretty slick." They said. I like our church where we mess stuff up all the time. I said, no, we try not to. Wait a minute. I hope that said, was October. It makes it real. Pastors. <laughs> I just said, it makes it real, though. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's funny. Another thing you said, Ryan, too, about which I think is really cool is you notice about being outside. It's really cool how it's pushed everybody outside. I love to mm. be outside. And think of how many churches, even like Chapman and First Congregational, we worshiped outside. People are like, can we worship outside again? We want to worship outside, yeah. you know? Um, but it's still being together. It's still being humans right. being together. And that, but but being outside, it, like it, I love eating outside on the deck. I yeah. love the sandwich company's deck that came in during oh. COVID. And well, and a lot of our church services have been outdoors. Yeah. And, you know, and and we've looked into you know potential future audiovisual upgrades recently. And I've been thinking to myself like, oh well, maybe it makes more sense if a lot of this stuff is at least semi-portable yeah. because we do so many outdoor services and that's one thing that we sort of learned in the pandemic like everyone likes this like why don't we just keep doing it yes you know? so. I, I just went earlier to specialty sandwich and it was the second time i'd been there but i, I don't think it was as vast as it was the first time i was there and they had this whole amazing experience outside. Like the music was blaring. They had like the sweet furniture. I mean, they had really developed. So a shout out to Specialty Sandwich Company. Today's podcast brought to you by Specialty Sandwich. They're not, but I'll, I mean. Wonderful Greek Is it uh, Bill and George? Yeah. Great job to them and their family. They have killing. not sponsored this podcast financially. <laughs> But we're gonna we're gonna sort of sponsor them. I mean, I just I really think do it from the deck. Seriously, because we don't <laughs> bow to sponsors. <laughs> so so back to the original question. So Josh, what do you think? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. well let's hear let's hear it. Yeah, Why should sure. people come back to church, Josh? Well, friends, I think when we look at the early church, we look at how Christianity found its roots. It was never in isolation. Even Christ had a group of disciples. And I believe that's because as a people, as the Imago Dei, we encounter the love of Christ and we encounter the image of God. Just as Jesus came and brought to us his love, his affection, his Are you atonement. preaching right now? He is pre Don't I mean, stop him, man. Sorry. I, it's not I, a roll. I told you I was going to say and think whatever I thought. <laughs> yep. right there. Yep. That's that's I mean, what it's gold. What you're saying is yeah, good content. Yeah, friends. So I would say that you absolutely should come back Quick to church, whether that's me. online or whether that's in person on account of the fact that we can't live this Christian faith by ourselves. Christ doesn't call us to do that. He doesn't model that for us because when we're together, we find another beautiful experience of Christ's very love through one another, through the Holy Spirit working
through each of us, friends. So I would absolutely encourage you to come back to church to experience that kind of unique community that you can get nowhere else other than the Imago Day amongst you. Man, I gotta tell you, Josh, thank you for bringing in the theology there, like that whole, <laughs> no, it's seriously, yeah. and for preaching, the incarnational thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Jesus became flesh to get close to us. And there's something about the connection of flesh, really, yeah. you know, in a holy way, and being together, there, there's something mysterious there. And that's why, you know, it, it, Jesus needed to be with us in the flesh to really be with us. And maybe there is something that we're not even recognizing here that's special about being together in the flesh. I mean, there's something that's special just about us being here together yeah, right now. We had no idea you were going to be here. That's right. What? In the I, flesh. Because I didn't get a text message. Yeah, right? I know. Sorry, Marty. No, he said Marty one, missed out on didn't. a free Chick-fil-A lunch, but, you know, I don't want to talk okay. about it. Anyways, <laughs> we are going to family reunion. Uh, so here's a heads up to you guys. You can stay or you can leave in the middle of this podcast. Mm. Um, anytime, anytime. Even in the middle, of, but but. I mean, if I'm going nuts at the end, like giving a good message, like you just did, uh, feel free not to leave during that part. <laughs> but we are probably going to bow out, Marty, only because so uh, we got work to do too. Okay. Yeah. Well, can can would it be too much to ask? Can we do another group hug? Because of course, you know, I just think the I shot think wasn't good enough. Awesome. Ryan, admit it. You know, I, I think. <laughs> I think we should. If you're listening on the audio podcast, we're about to do another group hug. Do a good yes. hug. Bring it in, yeah. boys. Go, guys. Bring it in. Oh, okay. Guys. There we go. There we go. In the flesh. I hope you guys. You can't understand. do that online. <laughs> thank you, Chad. Not even with a VR headset. So true. See, Marty. So true. Ryan, so good hey, to see you guys. Right. All right. God yeah. bless. Appreciate you guys. See ya. All right. Pastor, yeah. John, make sure Pastor Josh Bashan. Uh, Josh, drum us out. All right. Yes, please do. Uh, Josh yeah. is going to do that, and Ryan is definitely going to edit that out. So thank you guys. The History of Chaffee Church Part 2, Ryan, feel free to ask or, uh, or interrupt or whatever. Because I have not read any of this that, that Marty put together, but I'm, I'm actually greatly looking forward to this. Okay, maybe hopefully. it'll be more interesting because you haven't heard any of it. Yeah, hopefully there's like a cliffhanger, like what happened to Chaffin Church? I don't know. I Did do. Chaffin Church close? I don't. I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> I do have a slight, a slight cliffhanger at the end that I hope will be resolved next week. But we'll find out. Okay. So here we go. In the first quarter, uh, Chaffin Church, in the first 25 years from 1903 to 1925 or so, uh, we had a community of uh, an independent community. But in 1923, the church voted to become affiliated with the Eastern Missionary Association, the East Coast Conference of the Evangelical Mission Covenant Church of America, which is what we've been talking about, like we talked about last week, is essentially your denomination that you work for. Yes. And that's pretty cool, right? So this church was that. Uh, in 1923, or rather, rather, 32, Reverend Oscar Norseen, a newspaper editor, became the pastor in 1923, sorry, until March 1932 for eight and a half years. And interesting point about this, until 2000, okay, so from 1903 to 2000, he was one of only two pastors to be here for longer than eight years. Wow. Right? So that means every other pastor was here for seven years, 11 months, or less. Um, and so 
I don't know if that kind of shapes a church to have. I know like Methodist churches. Yeah, it's itinerancy, right? right? Yeah, but but yeah, that from, was not the case here. From what I know, the UCC is not itinerant, so that's, correct. That's that's a really interesting. Yeah, itinerancy is when uh, you know pastors sort of float around. Um, they're more like like traveling or sort of traveling. You know, they might only stay for like a couple of years at at the maybe like five years at the most, and then they they tend to move on. Yeah, and after after three years or yeah whatever, yeah, they they the denomination calls them away. Yes. And so there's not a lot of history from the 20s to the 40s, although there seems to have been uh, a stability um, and then, or at least steadiness. And then the Reverend Norsine also celebrated the 25th anniversary of the church in 1927. Uh, now what's interesting is, I'm not sure why they celebrated then. It was actually, they celebrated it in the summer but the 25th anniversary was not till the following year. So I don't know why they did that, um, hmm. but I'm just counting the math. I know when everything happened and doesn't add up, but who, who am I? Maybe their clocks were different than ours. I mean, Independence Day wasn't actually on July 4th. Interesting. You know, Scholars debate whether Jesus was actually born on the 25th of December, you know, so there, there's definitely a little bit of we'll, right. we'll, give them a, we'll give them a little bit of a pass there. Yeah. All right. So then uh, David Carlson, who was a graduate of North Park College. Really? Yeah. There you go. Uh, he uh, he was here for three and a half years. And then Joe Carl, Joel Carlson was the interim pastor for a short time. Now. Following that was a guy named, and see if you're Swedish, so I'm hoping you can help me with this. H J A L M A R. Jalmer? Jalmar or something? Jalmar? Yeah. Jalmar there? <laughs> uh, Peterson. Jalmar Peterson, also a graduate of North Park. And the church flourished until he left in 1941. He was there for 3.5 years and then what we have is what i call the big three what i believe as i study the church history the three most successful pastors in chaffin church history mm. and it starts with a guy named arden almquist and he was a student pastor ordained here at the church in 1942. as a matter of fact he was ordained on the 50th anniversary of the day that this place was inaugurated, this building. Mm. So this building uh, was inaugurated in, in 1892. Wow. Uh, and so that's a little something there. And he was there for four years before he went to the Belgian Congo to, be, uh, to do mission work. Wow. Okay. And... 20 during this time by the way and this is something we don't think about often but 26 members of the congregation went to war wow in the second great war and of course this is memorial day weekend so i'm, I'm sure a few of those uh or i'm not sure but chances are good not all of those 26 came home mm. um so we remember those who went to war, and the records show that the church 
actually took ins out insurance against bombing during those years. Wow, they thought they thought that uh, yeah, the the continental United States would would come under attack. So if, if you think about it, he came in 1942, right? So in 1941 was Pearl Harbor. So that had happened already in in Hawaii. Well, several German U-boats were spotted off the New England coast during World War II. Yeah. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be a stretch to say, hey, what if we put a little money into uh, protecting our assets as a church? Wow, that 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 is interesting. I mean, you had Hitler, right? The Blitzkrieg. Yeah. He was coming across, taking over all of Europe. Yeah. It's pretty crazy stuff. That is crazy. I mean, so, is that a th can you still get like bombing insurance? I don't know. I'm I'm sure you could, like. It probably, for us, for instance, would be like super cheap, actually. <laughs> because it was so because rare. <laughs> it would be so rare. Yeah. But if we went into a war, it would then be more expensive, of like course. the chances, of right? Of course, yeah. And so hopefully we will not have to take bombing out bombing insurance mm. for this building again. Hopefully not. So, anyways, uh, 1946, the second of the big three, uh, William Thornburg uh, came to be the pastor, and he did, he did some remodeling. First of all, he added the steeple and three rooms. So he built essentially a parsonage. Oh. So we have the kitchenette back here. There's a kitchenette, and then there's a room that has historically been used as a pastor's study, and then most recently a nursery before COVID. And now we use it for kind of a boardroom, a conference room, and then a small kitchen and a bedroom, and then a garage at the basement level, which mm -hmm. the garage is now a nursery. And so, but he, they added these rooms back here uh, as, as a parsonage. Mm -hmm. So the church was growing. He also purchased a half acre of land over here, and they use that now. We use that now for the parking lot. So, of course, if you think about it, it's 1946. More people are beginning to own cars here in Holden. Because even as late as the 20s, there wasn't an actual road here. Mm. It was like a horse and buggy trail. And so you have this scenario where they need, they're, they're probably realizing, oh, we need cars. We need a parking lot right. for cars. And so they invested in this property and created a parking lot. Hmm. So that's William Thornburg, and of course things were doing great. Um, also during that time, Neil and Ann Alt moved to this area from Finley, Ohio. And Ann is still with us. That was in 1951. So this is the 70th anniversary of Neil and Ann coming to this church and being a part. And of course, Ann, I mentioned this last week, she has kept all of these records and all of this history here in. So we, yeah, so we owe this all to her, basically, the, the, this whole segment. Yeah, I mean, she started in 1960, so somebody had it done from 1960 and before, mm. and then she's kept it up. Um, That's incredible. And even done some editing and, and whatnot. Yeah. And then in 1952, the auditorium was remodeled. 1952, so 70 years ago. 
And that was the last time this auditorium has been touched uh, for, for remodeling. Well, the fire department is here. It is no longer a uh, horse and buggy trail. They, nope. There are uh, serious uh, vehicles passing by now, yeah. Uh, the stage and the choir loft was added and things in 1962 were as they are. They were, and uh, Anne has a uh, Anne has a note on the beauty of this room has to do with that particular building committee. And then in the fall of 1960, 1952, Wallace Cedarleaf came with his wife, Ethel, and their son, David. Um, now, this is where the church voted to go into the UCC mm. with Wallace Cedarleaf. And he came with his, uh, their son, David. Their daughter was born in 1953, and the organ kept waking up the baby. If you think about it, the organs here, their baby, their room, the one bedroom they had was over here. And so old Wallace Cedarleaf went, yo, or young Wallace Cedarleaf, you're waking the baby up. We need a parsonage. So they bought a parsonage right here on Chapel hold Street. Hold on, hold on. Okay. So, so was this somebody practicing like late into the night or was the baby sleeping during the day? Was it like the Sunday morning services or something? Or? The only thing I can think of is that in a thriving church, especially one in, you know, during this time period, people were always at the church. The church was a, a hub of social life. Right. 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 So, and it probably, what and this part of the building didn't exist, the back part of the building, except for right. the, so, essentially, I think what was happening is people were coming here, spending a lot of time here, probably practicing, and yeah. the baby was getting uh, woken up, and her name was Diane, and so, this is where we'll stop, and... Next week we'll pick up at Wallace Cedarleaf's time here because he killed it here at Chaffin Church. Did a great job. However, uh, he has passed on, his wife has passed on at the age of 96 in 2017. And I do have a message out to Diane Cedarleaf, a Facebook message. And we'll see if she sees it at this point. She has not seen it, but she lives in Zambia. Wow. That's in Africa. And I, look f I would love to hear from her. I doubt we'll be able to hear from her on the podcast, but uh, I'm going to interview her and spend some time talking. And, and, uh, but those were the days. Those were days of, of great growth, uh, probably excitement of the church. The church was gathering steam. In the next 10 years would be the, kind of the, the height. And uh, Wallace Cedarleaf, who has his own name, on one of the rooms back here. Um, seems to have done a great job leading the charge and, and adding vision to this place. Hmm. But was there a killer amongst them? Dun, dun, dun. Find out next week. <laughs> Find out next week. <laughs> Anyways, that is the second quarter of the life of Chaffin Church. Thanks for checking that out with us. I hope you are enjoying it. I look forward to some more interesting uh, information 
next week. Uh, we're going to go into the message time right now. Yeah. And as usual, we will be talking through the, um, the message. It will probably be more hashed out on Sunday when I speak, but who knows? Maybe it'll... Who knows? That, that Marty guy, he sure... <laughs> All those southerners living in new england you know they're so judgmental they always find the ucc churches to come to as well yeah yeah exactly um hey can you imagine what living completely independent would look like i mean completely independent of people at all if if i was growing up and i decided okay mom dad I'm now five, and I don't want you in my life. I am going to do my own thing. And you completely ignore your parents. Ryan, how much of an impact did your parents and your family and your friends have on your life growing up? I mean, I think like everyone, just absolutely enormous influence. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean... I think, like, first of all, I, I wouldn't have gotten involved in, uh, you know, the, the church if not for um, a friend of mine in high school who's now uh, a police officer in the Holden Police Department. He invited me to come to his youth group, and uh, I just, I, well, I, I want to thank him, him publicly. Uh, so he invited me to his youth group and, and, and then introduced me to another group of friends. And so I, that's just one linchpin I can even think of that, you know, mm. uh, because that led to me becoming um, like a, a, what I consider a real Christian. Yeah. And then I got into ministry and that, of course, you know, uh, created an entirely unique direction in my life that I, I don't I don't know if it would have happened otherwise. Interesting. So, yeah. So definitely an enormous influence. How about you? I mean, I would say the same, right? I, I, I was in church so much. And not only with my parents, but the people there in that community and of Fremont Baptist Temple, they were such an important part of my life. They helped mold me and shape me. And even though I wouldn't say, like if I were to go back there, I wouldn't fit in. Just like people who went to Chaffin, you know, in the 50s, they might not fit in mm -hmm. to this church. Now, like, Things change, things progress, things get different, but that molding is so important. And as a matter of fact, I can't even imagine my life without the shaping and the influence of, of my parents and those, those friends and that community. It seems so weird like to even consider that, that sort of life. And, uh, but do you know, I think if this is a relevant question, I'll just ask it. And if it's not, you can just tell me whatever. Do you know people who act like life is all about them? I mean, of course. I mean, there are so many narcissists out there. I would like you to say their name right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, there are so many, right? And that's huge. Like, it's all about me. It's all about my life. And, and, and so what I want to do is I want to read Romans chapter 8. And... Let's see what Paul has to say, to say to the church in Rome here. He says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. 
But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For the Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must, we must also share his suffering. And that some way we are children of God. And that means God created us and we are his. However, we have a sinful nature that makes us go rogue. Okay, and that makes us want life to be all about us. If we don't address that nature, we will essentially say, this thing is all about me. I mean, he says it in here. Uh, For if you live by this dictate, you will die. And I think a lot of it is talking about a spiritual death. But if you, if you, if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will die live for all who are led by the spirit of god are children of god that you and i are children of god and what does that mean well there are three rewards of being god's child one of them doesn't seem like a reward and so we can talk about that a little bit but one reward is that we can call him father now we've talked uh, a little bit on this podcast about whether calling God Father is an appropriate term. We're going to do it here today. It says it in Scripture, and I think like we talked about before, I would have no problem also dealing with the maternal instincts of God because right. God, right? right? And that's not an issue. Like, uh, But it does feel strange to say God the parental unit. It's just, you know, like, I don't know. It Correct, right. So, but I wanted to hit that head on. Right, we? right. So, yeah, we fully recognize Old Testament, you know, um, usually when you're talking about God, God has no gender in the Old Testament inferences of him. In the New Testament, he does have uh, gender, but that's mostly because they're referencing uh, their interpretations of the Old Testament, you know. So, yeah, we recognize that, but God the Father. And I think, it, like, we get to call God Father. And we could say parent, right? But for now, today, we'll say Father. Like, that is a huge deal, especially because there are so, especially in our day and age, so many fatherless individuals, right? And that is, that is a major problem that... If we wanted to get sociological, and I, I, unfortunately I didn't do all the research on this, but you know, take the spiritual out of it for just a second. It literally, like, there is something amiss about our culture in general. That what now there were they, we had our own set of problems 60 years ago, right? Right, right? But right now, like, I'm hearing a lot in the news. I have a lot of friends who are either you know social workers or police officers or whatever and they're saying something weird is going on out there like there's some i run the the youth group here at church right it's i mean kids and teenagers and people are going through some junk some crazy stuff 
And I think a lot of the problem, feel free to tell me if I'm wrong or if you think that maybe there's other things, but a lot of the problem is that, and I am stereotyping a little bit or judging, half judging, mothers are showing up, generally speaking, and fathers are skipping out. Now, not as a whole, and not talking about race or anything like that, like generally speaking, men are opting out. Maybe they're so selfish, maybe for whatever reason. Um, but unfortunately, then their kids reap the consequences of that. Right. And, but the thing is, we can call God Father. And He is our Father. Scripture says, Abba, Father, which is a very tender word. Abba, Father. Is we it are Abba, is, that, is that Aramaic? Child. What is that? I think it is Aramaic, and I, I'm, I'm, or Hebrew. I mean, is it Aramaic? Or, yeah, I don't. Yeah, and it, it essentially means like a but, daddy. But, yeah. So what? You're, yeah. So it's it's like it's not the you know uh, it wouldn't be like the more formal like father like it's it's like yeah dad or daddy you know like like yeah term of endearment tenderness sort of uh, that that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a phrase here. Uh, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own child. And so God has adopted us. In other words, we're not birthed into his family, but God has adopted us. And here's what's beautiful about this. Um, so as you know, I have two adopted kids. Right. Shockingly, they look nothing like me, <laughs> except we all have brown eyes. So there's that. Here you go. <laughs> uh, Xander and Mariska they can call me, and I expect them to call me daddy. But they haven't been birthed by me. I am not any part of. And to me, that is a beautiful picture, except God is perfect, because huh, I'm not. Um, but, but it's a beautiful, adoption is a beautiful picture of the love of God that he, not because we deserve it, not because we, um, you know, we were birthed or in his bloodline or whatever, but simply because he loves us, has he taken us in, and we can call him now, Father, Abba, Daddy. Yeah, and I, I think I think like us Westerners, we don't we don't connect as much with that whole like adoption language or like why it's even in there. Like, why does Paul even bring up the word adoption? Like, why can't we just be God's sons and daughters? He's talking about that because you know the people in Israel at this time connected they, they wanted to be sons of Abraham right and so in mm. that way their lineage was like connected with with God and to to God's you know country at the time which was Israel right yeah. you know and so but being adopted in is different right being yep. adopted in means you don't have to have That's that good. that physical you know genetic biological lineage like the only genetic the only gene you need is, is love. You know, you're, you're adopted in, mm. and and um, it's yeah, you're right. It's just through God's like tenderness and love, and so yeah, it's really cool, really powerful idea. Yeah, yeah. and the, the the second thing is very similar. We are heirs, and that is because of His love, right? Because of nothing except that gene of love, as you said. That's great. That was a great love. That we are now heirs. That is. Everything God's people get, we also get in on. 
and we are heirs to God's kingdom. And that's a responsibility too, but... Um, but heirs, again, that's another thing, right? Like, no, no adopted son would ever become an heir. Like, an right. Heir to, so that's like, it's like totally a foreign concept. I mean, again, we hear sons and heirs. Those of us that are familiar with that section of scripture, we kind of associate those things together. Yeah. But this is like a very weird thing for them. They're like, a, a, a adopted son and an heir? Those, that, that's like incompatible. Those don't go together. You know? Yeah. So... That's so good. That yeah, because it was, had to be blood. I mean, there, exactly. there, there was something very specific about that. And Paul just turns that on its head and says, no, 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 no. You are adopted and you are heirs. You, can, you have every benefit, really, of the people of Israel, is what he was saying. Right, exactly. And that's a, an incredible thing. And that brings us to the third thing, and this is a little bit more intense, because it's not always positive. And that is, we must also share in his sufferings. And that's what, but if, if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. I want, I want to be very clear here, okay? As clear as I can be, wearing a mask was not sharing his suffering, okay? <laughs> I want to be so clear to you. If I'm beating around the bush in any way. Please be advised. Can I just quickly say, I, I saw this really funny meme on this. I'm sorry if this is taking up too much time. No, we're message, fine. But I saw, so it was this, so it was a two image meme. So the image on the left had this person like laying on the ground and there's like a boot on their face. And it just says, you know, what Christians want you to see. And then on the right, you see that the person has their hand in the boot and they're actually holding it on their own face. And then, and then it just says like, what's really happening? You know? <laughs> and so oh I think like, a lot of the times like Christians think about like, especially in, you know, liberal Western democracies like we live in, yeah. you know, yeah, persecution. It's a pretty specific thing like persecution and, and suffering for Jesus. Like mm. it's not about, you know, mask wearing or like, oh, I, I, I can't just randomly launch into prayer in the middle of my class and interrupt the, like, like, that's not, that's not persecution. That's right. just like common sense, you know, so. Okay, I, I'll close with this story, because it was huge. Went to the Warrior Conference this last weekend. Yes. And we'll be going back next year, but I happened upon a few, first of all, my old pastor spoke, uh, Lonnie, right. and, and he spoke, and Pastor Anthony Milas, who, uh, who is the conference organizer, and they were sitting together, and they were talking to a small Asian man. And I had recognized the man I, from years and years before, but I hadn't seen him for a long time. Mm. And so I said hi to them, and they were like, hey, come sit down. So I did, I didn't know what I was getting into, what they were talking about or anything. So this guy, had been in North Korea for 16 years. Wow. Okay, so he's talking to them, <laughs> and he's totally like humble, and he's quiet. <coughs> Excuse me. And he's just like this amazing dude, and he's not bragging or anything. In fact, Pastor Milas, who can be a bit loud at times, right? <laughs> Beautiful man that he is. He's telling me some of the things that this guy named uh, 
Brian Kim. He, go, he tries to make a habit of not being called pastor because he lives in North Korea. So, right. so he's, he's sitting there and the guy has been there for 16 years. He's been arrested twice. The, f the first six months he was there, the first week, he goes in and he's praying and talking to his wife about spiritual things. I kid you not. He answers the door and this guy who he knew, there was, he was like a representative of the state from around that area. He's like, can you come out here, please? And so he came out and he's like, hey, I just want to let you know, you need to be careful about what you talk about. He is with his wife talking in his house about spiritual things. And the guy calls him out and tells him that. Over the years, he's gone through, he makes food for people in that area. He cannot give the food away. The only way he can give the food away is if they give him a voucher, the people give him a voucher. Therefore, it is not him giving food away, it is the communist government giving them the food. Mm. Even though he would do it anyways, that's what he's there for. Right. And so he's been arrested, he's been jailed for a short time, and now, over the years, they're giving him farmland and hospital, broken down hospitals and broken down buildings. But it came as a result of him suffering and basically taking that suffering and giving that suffering to God and saying, you know what, my fighting is not going to allow me to share the gospel with people. My shutting up and taking this is. So as a, as a reward of being God's child, we must also share in his riches and suffering. And so, anyways, uh, be encouraged that you can be God's child. You can be adopted and he loves you. That is some good news today. Not good news. We're not going to do good news today. We have made that conscious decision. I yeah. probably shouldn't even have said it, but I mean, we can, we can, we can, we can end with the, the the classic reading. I think I think that's fair. The classic reading. What do you mean? Not the classic reading. The classic uh, outro phrase that we normally say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, a couple announcements. Yes. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, June third, Thursday, will be our first community cookout. Dan and Linda Cohane, Princeton, Massachusetts. It's just a beautiful drive out there. It like, is honestly, so beautiful. Isn't it? Uh, up right up 31. Yeah. You used to live there. Yeah, I used to live in Princeton, that's right. You're, but now you're a Holdenite. Uh, and then on June 6th, I don't know if you know Mark Hera. Do you know Mark and Andrea Hera? Nope. You do? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark will be sharing, coming in to Chaffin and sharing about his ministry uh, called Oak and Sparrow. Uh, basically, they built a tiny house in Vermont, mm. and it is going to be free for people who want a spiritual retreat, not just pastors, not just church leadership, any person who wants to go and have a spiritual retreat by themselves. And it's, it's really awesome. Wow. 
I've been there. It's about it's about an hour and a half, two hours from here. And so that ministry will be opening, and he's going to come in and share a little bit about that right here at Chaffin. And then, of course, as always, uh, you can give uh, to Chaffin or to this podcast. It is tax deductible. Yes. <laughs> I keep bringing that up, and now Marty is too. <laughs> Seriously, it is tax deductible. It's no lie. No lie. And then um, you can give at chaffin.church slash giving, or you can also text uh, any, any giving amount to 84321, or download the app, which I talked about last week. So <sighs> Subscribe to this podcast, please, in one of three ways. YouTube, chaffin.church. I'm not sure if you can subscribe that way. Or not, but you can go there. You can go there and watch it. Watch it. it. Uh, you, you will actually. So I just want to say this. Yeah. If you watch it on Chaffin.Church, you will see it before anyone else will, by one hour. But still, before <laughs> anyone else will. So just keep that in mind. By one. Okay, that's cool. Good to know. And then um, also the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere that podcasts are given out. I feel like it's, that, that's like something they say in the commercials when they're selling books. Find this book anywhere you can find books. Yeah. Books. What did they say? I don't it's know. It's so like contrived. Why don't you be real, Marty? Anywhere you can find podcasts, you know? It just makes me feel so good. What are you doing for the rest of the night? Anything exciting? We're, we're doing this earlier than normal. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm working. You're working. Yeah. So you skipped out of work to, to come here and do this, and now you're... You know, I actually work with a lot of West Coast people, and some people who are even in Alaska, and so my days are sort of tilted towards uh, later later on in the day. Interesting. Most days, I mean, most of the time, so... Cool. Yeah. How about you? Well, what day is it? It's Thursday. I had to think of okay. So I am going to finish up here. And then my, my son is going with um, Auntie Jessie to, on a camping trip, and, which is a miserable weekend to go camping. I, I made fun <laughs> of her, no, no worries. And, uh, but, but I'm just going to hang out with the family, I think. I, I have had a nice week, a stress-free week. Those are the best, aren't they? They are the best. Holy crap. Should I say holy crap on a church podcast? You know, should is a very relative word, Marty. But you did say at the beginning of this episode, you were going to say whatever crossed your mind. I want to say, if that offended you, forgive me. <laughs> forgive me. And I want to give you a hug, just like we gave earlier. There's a call. No, let's have a group hug. I will, I will also hug you at the same time. Okay. Just call me. You're going to call me. Call us. We'll do like, a, we'll get together. We'll have a group hug. And it won't be weird at all. Not like this conversation. <laughs> hey guys, have an awesome day. Um, do you want to do the end? Because I talked. Okay, a lot. okay, hold on, hold on. So, what I remember of it, Chaffin, that's your good news. Now go and give some out.